You are listening to the Canadian Immigration Podcast, a special episode dedicated to the citizens of the United States post-election looking for an opportunity to move to Canada. With Citizenship and Immigration Canada making it increasingly difficult to speak to an officer, there are a few places to turn for information that can be relied upon. The Canadian Immigration Podcast was created to fill this void by offering the latest information on Canadian law, policy, and practice. Please welcome ex-immigration officer and Canadian immigration lawyer, Mark Holthy. As he answers a wide variety of immigration questions and shares practical tips and guidance to help you along your way. Well, welcome back to the Canadian Immigration Podcast. This is a special episode dedicated to our fine friends in the United States who, uh, uh, when they woke up this morning, realized that their whole worlds had changed and now they're looking for somewhere to move. I'm here with my good friend and colleague, Betsy Kane, who is coming to... uh, to us from Ottawa. I'm, I'm out here in the beautiful province of Alberta. And we thought to ourselves, you know what? Given the fact uh, all of you Americans have been trying to access the Canadian government's immigration website and have officially completely shut it down, so neither Betsy nor I can get any work done anyways, we thought, why not do a podcast directed to you guys so that you can instead listen to our podcast versus crashing our website so we can get back to work. So, Betsy, welcome. Thanks for having me again, Mark. Well, this is going to be awesome. So Betsy and I have put our heads together, and we've created a nice little list of all of the different ways you can move to Canada. And uh, like I said, given the fact, um, and congratulations once again to all of those Americans who actually want to stay in the U.S. now with their new president. Uh, uh, we're, we're really uh, pleased to extend our, our best and, and wellest wishes to all of you um, with your new president, Trump. Um, but for the rest of you who are looking for other places to go, um, Betsy and I are going to go through a list of some of our top choices uh, or top immigration programs that can help you find your way to our dear country. And uh, one thing that I did want to emphasize right at the beginning is that um, some of you may only be looking for a short-term uh, transfer to park yourself for maybe the next four years, or I guess technically longer, depending on <laughs> what happens. But uh, uh, we're going to break this down into some temporary options to just move up for a short period of time if that's what uh, you're looking for. Or uh, we will also give you some more permanent options, including uh, even citizenship if that's what you're looking for. So, um, Betsy, great to have you and uh, let's give her a go. Okay, well, when we talk about American citizens, the first thing that comes to mind is the North American Free Trade Agreement. And until such time that Trump can tackle this uh, monster, uh, I think there's a lot of opportunities for American citizens. So why don't we explore um, some of the opportunities? You bet. And I'll just emphasize here, Betsy, that uh, our American counterparts may need to act quickly <laughs> because based on some of the uh, the, the platform uh, positions that Trump was taking, uh, he didn't like these agreements too much. So some of the options we're providing with you here may or may not be in existence for a long period of time. So uh, tongue-in-cheek, you you better move quick. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of NAFTA professionals, and the the ones that come to mind uh, right off the top of the head are uh, academics. Canada needs academics. We recruit academics in all areas for all of our universities, and university professors are in high demand in Canada. 
And if you're a university professor in the United States uh, applying for a position here in Canada as soon as uh, January 2017 might be an opportunity for you. Many universities know how to navigate the system, can get you an offer, and you could be on Canadian soil just after Christmas if not sooner. But uh, that's an area of work that I think is going to be in high demand. One of the other areas or one of the other um, sectors where I think uh, Canadian companies can tap U.S. talent is in the new area of medical and recreational marijuana. Now, it may sound funny, but there are a number of occupations under the NAFTA professional list where Canadian companies moving into this market space can tap the talent that we have in, or that the United States has. And some of the occupations um, which come to mind, and I've actually had some experience in uh, bringing in uh, marijuana professionals, are the <laughs> occupations of pharmacist, biologist, chemist, biochemist, horticulturalist, plant breeder, and even soil scientists. So if you have skills in those scientific areas and want to try your luck in a new area or a new venture, I think that uh, with Canada's modernization and move to legalize marijuana, both um, for recreational use and for uh, medical uses, I think these skills are going to be in huge demand in Canada and uh, these type of professionals should be seeking out opportunities uh, immediately and in the next year because I think there's a lot of demand and these people will get immediate work permits with a simple offer from even a, many of these companies are startup marijuana companies. So, uh, yeah, it's a new, uh, new definition of greenback, I guess. <laughs> now, but, uh, now, Betsy, I'll jump in and just we'll offer one qualifier. So just because you may have a private grow up in your backfield doesn't necessarily mean you're going to qualify as a professional under NAFTA. So don't get your hopes up. No, you've got to have the scientific degree, obviously. But um, not too long ago, I did uh, an individual under the plant breeder occupation, and I was feeling a little nervous about doing this type of submission. Um, and he could have been qualified either as a plant breeder or as a biologist, and he had all the right training and educational background. And I was just a little concerned how the port of entry would uh, view my submission, and they just uh, they, they gave the permit slam dunk. I, they, they were no different than a professor or a scientific technician technologist. So I think that's a real area for Americans to explore if they have the right credentials. Uh, additionally, uh, you know, the traditional professions under NAFTA, there are so many, but mostly in science, in university training, um, IT, obviously. And uh, speaking of IT, I wanted to speak to the fact that, you know, as we know, historically, Canada has tried to tap IT professionals from Silicon Valley, and this is the opportunity because Canada is looking to uh, modernize our, our uh, options for IT professionals to come into Canada. Um, the previous government tried to um, lure uh, U.S. Uh, IT professionals in the Silicon Valley by putting up bullbards and advertising our startup visa. But unfortunately, in my experience, the startup visa hasn't been as uh, popular as the government had for, forethought. And um, our new um, our organization in Canada, our lobby group called the Information Technologies Professional Association, um, has uh, done the studies and they have determined that there is a huge demand and an underrepresented uh, amount of 
of certain IT skills, and there's a huge demand in Canada. So if you have IT skills, NAFTA might be the opportunity. And uh, I think the government will be moving to uh, identify certain IT occupations where they're going to be facilitating uh, work permits. So for everybody on the West Coast, uh, open your ears. The, the, the startup visa hasn't been what it's been touted. And there's good. I think in 2017, we are going to see a huge opportunity for American IT specialists um, and even newly trained uh, students, because we do not have enough uh, the, of this skill in Canada, even with what our universities are generating. Awesome. So that, so I think that's a big area for Americans to to look and see if how they can qualify. Now, Betsy, I'm just um, going to jump in just for one quick second, just to emphasize to everyone. Okay, the beauty of NAFTA is that you there is no requirement of the Canadian company to actually show there's no Canadian available for the job. With that job offer and proof of your educational qualifications and and your Canadian, uh, sorry, your American or your Mexican citizenship, that's all you need. So this is you. You find a company is willing to hire you, bang, you're in. Yeah. Um, the other area, which I think uh, the other areas where I think uh, we, you know, people should be aware of, is we need economists in Canada desperately, and economists are one of the occupations on the NAFTA on the NAFTA list where you can get an easy uh, an easy work permit. So if you're looking to, um, you know, uh, Canadian think tanks, there's many Canadian think tanks and uh, banks that need economists. This is another area where I would encourage Americans to apply. Also, hotel manager. We have a thriving um, tourism industry across Canada, particularly in the East Coast and in the West Coast. If you're a hotel manager, you know, you can leave Motel 6 and come to Canada for something a little more interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's so many options, but I think I'll I'll leave it at that on terms of the professionals, unless you have something that you think. Well, what I'll uh, do is I'll put up the list of professionals in the show notes of the podcast. So if people want to check to see if their occupation is on that list, they can they can go to the podcast show notes and take a look. All right, now on the, the topic of Motel 6, although this is a franchise type of situation, um, you know, if you work for a company, um, oh, it looks like the Americans are already calling Betsy here. So uh, you'll have to hold your calls till we're done our podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, for sure that was. So um, so if, if you are working for a U.S. company that has a subsidiary or an affiliate uh, relationship with a, a company in Canada... Do not, uh, do not discount the possibility of being able to transfer to Canada through some of our wonderful intercompany transfer provisions. So this is you CEOs, executives, senior managers, or employees with particular specialized knowledge of, of uh, some proprietary uh, component of, of, of your company's operations. Um, those types of individuals can transfer. You can get a three-year work permit or, or, or longer initially when you, uh, when you transfer to Canada, which should just about bide enough time for you to weather the storm here. So uh, don't, don't discount that. Now, uh, re- you have to have already been employed with the company for at least a year before the transfer takes place, but you know, you can stay for as long as seven years if you're a senior executive or manager, uh, a senior manager, or up to five years of specialized knowledge. And then, well, both Betsy and I can help you transition to permanent residence if you like your stay here. Uh, you know, we can, we can make that happen. Um, so intercompany transfers. Now, if you haven't yet been with the company for a year and uh, there is a, 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 a corporate relationship between your company and the company in Canada, 
um, and Canadians are coming down to the U.S., it's possible to use the uh, another work permit category uh, for reciprocal. That's it's base, basically uh, based on reciprocity between the companies. And so there are other ways, even for you, if you haven't been working for a full year, or maybe you're not necessarily in a, uh, a senior managerial level or even a specialized knowledge level within the company. So if you're a junior manager looking for a little experience in a different culture, you know, because Canada is so much different than the U.S. now. <laughs> <laughs> or soon will be, you can come experience a whole new culture in, in our lovely country. So uh, so that's the, the reciprocal work permits. And, and once again, this is more of an intercompany kind of transfer thing. So you need an actual related company to yours um, physically presence in Canada. Now, I also wanted to address those of you who just have money that you want to pull out of the U.S. and explore other markets. Um, we do under NAFTA have an investor category uh, where if you make a substantial investment in Canada, you can then come in and get an open work permit or a work permit, I should say, to then operate and manage that that uh, premise. And that's been used for all kinds of people, including dentists and other, uh, you know, other professionals who are coming up and establishing an office and hiring Canadians, doing all those kinds of things. So even you uh, medical professionals can consider uh, the, uh, the possibility of utilizing the investor, uh, aside from those who are just looking at operating a business. All right, so those are just briefly uh, an overview of some of the work permit options. Now, obviously, if there's a Canadian company um, who wants to hire you and you don't fit into one of these categories, there's always the possibility of them getting this ugly, nasty, terrible thing called a labor market impact assessment uh, where they show there's no Canadian that can do the job. And uh, that's always a default position. So if you're looking for a position and yours just doesn't quite fit with what we've talked about and you can find a Canadian company is willing to go through that process and get this labor market impact assessment, then you're also good to go. And that, if you've got that LMIA, as it stands right now, that's basically a golden ticket for the time being to permanent residence in any event. So we'll leave it at that. I'm going to turn it over to Betsy. Yeah, there was one other work permit um, that may not really uh, be on the radar screen of Americans, but it's really amazing. And it's the new Francophone Mobilité program. And not many uh, Americans are fluent in French uh, or use French in their daily uh, activities. But I can tell you from my experience that if you do have facility in the French language and you use French as part of your uh, work, perhaps you're working in a multinational uh, environment, and you can prove that, uh, you can get a LMIA exempt or a NAFTA-like uh, easy work permit for up to five years, not three years. So if you have French language skills and you can prove those French language skills and you can show that you use that French um, as part of your daily living, um, there is an opportunity uh, there. And those are really, really easy um, work permits to get. They are processed through Canadian visa office um, outside Canada. Usually in this case, it would be within the US. Um, the Canadian companies uh, simply have to show that they have a vacancy, that they have contacted the Canadian embassy in Paris, who is basically the, uh, the headquarters for this program. So I just want to put it out there for any French-speaking Americans who think that they have uh, great language skills and can prove that. That's an opportunity that I didn't want to just uh, shunt aside. And you know what, Betsy, that's a great point because we've been focusing on you Americans that are currently on American soil. Now, the reality is there's probably many of you that are actually working abroad, looking at the, the, the prospect that your assignment, your overseas assignment is coming to an end and you're going to have to return back to the U.S. Well, hey, if you're in France or another French-speaking uh, country and you've been utilizing your French-speaking skills, you may, not, you may not even have to come back to the U.S. You could come straight Absolutely. to Canada. 
Yeah, yeah. The other thing is I wanted to touch on, I mean, with this, with the U.S. election, uh, the, U, the, the Latino community, particularly Mexican citizens in the United States, have felt uh, marginalized, if I can say, by uh, Mr. Trump and a lot of his comments over the, uh, the campaign period. And uh, I do want to say that uh, Spanish-speaking individuals have integrated really well in Canada, particularly in Quebec as well as NAFTA is not only a Canada-US thing, but it's a Canada-US and Mexico thing. So a lot of the professionals that we are talking about that apply to American citizens also apply to Mexican professionals. And, um, you know, this is an opportunity for Mexicans uh, to look to Canada. They may be in the United States. They may be disgruntled, unhappy with the, where the US is going, and uh, perhaps exercise uh, some opportunities under NAFTA keeping in mind that our borders are going to open to Mexican citizens uh, in just a few weeks. As of December 1st, the government has said they will lift the U.S., uh, the, the, the requirement for a Canadian visa, allowing Mexicans perhaps to come up here and, and explore the Canadian uh, labor market and everything that we have to offer. Awesome. Okay, so Betsy, I think the next lead-in for you would be for individuals who maybe don't necessarily want to work or maybe they're in the midst of studying right now in the U.S. or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or, or young people, young, uh, you know, recently graduate, recent graduates who are, you know, feeling a little, uh, a little lost right now and are looking for other alternatives. Um, what do you got for them, Betsy? Well, further your education in Canada. First of all, it's cheap. Based on the American dollar, you're getting uh, at least a 23 to 25% discount if you come up to Canada and study. We've got a lot of American students in some of our best universities across Canada. And the great thing about studying in Canada is that once you finish your degree, you get a free three-year work permit that allows you to garner some Canadian work experience. And after that, you could potentially transition to permanent residence. It's been really tough for uh, international graduates in the last few years. But the Liberal government is saying they want to uh, retain these high-quality uh, Canadian-trained students. And I see, I think that for foreign students or American students thinking of coming up to Canada, by the time they're well into their programs, uh, we are going to see a change that's going to look to retain uh, these young uh, professionals. And it's definitely an opportunity, not only at the undergraduate, but at the uh, graduate and PhD level. We also have provincial programs. Uh, under the PNPs that look to retain masters and PhD students, particularly in Ontario, for example. And, you know, I think that's a wonderful opportunity if you are considering um, expanding uh, your, uh, your education and looking to uh, cost-effective uh, new experience uh, with a degree that is portable back to the United States uh, after this presidency is complete. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so there you have it. So the options, temporarily parking yourself in Canada for a few years till the till the storm clears. Um, you can come as a worker or you can consider studying. And, and Betsy's done an awesome job at explaining that once, even after you study. Oh, and one thing we'll point out too is that while you're going to school, you can actually work part-time up to 20 hours a week while you're studying to help offset Excellent. some of the costs. So we definitely don't want to forget about that. And then that lovely open um, open work permit that's available for post-grad uh, students in Canada is also available. So yes, Canadian study programs are the bomb for sure. Now, those are the temporary options. But for some of you who are thinking about a more permanent change, um, right off the bat, uh, I think of our, our, uh, our those in the um, entertainment industry 
who basically confirmed out in the world of social media that if Trump was elected, they were moving. We know how much you like to come up to Canada and film movies and things like that. So we want to send out a special shout out to all of you, uh, you know, all of you actors and and other um, uh, individuals, musicians in, in the entertainment sphere that there are options for you to come and become permanent residents of Canada right away. You can always go back and, you know, do a little filming in the U.S., but you can make Canada your permanent home. Uh, Betsy, talk a little bit about the entrepreneur stuff. Well, I think for the uh, for the actors and the artists, uh, we're looking at the self-employed category. And the self-employed category is... Um, Basically, an opportunity for someone to say, "Listen, with my uh, with my skills and my abilities in in, in the arts, um, if I can self-sustain myself and prove that I will not, um, you know, that I can make a go of it, and I won't have to be on a, in a low-income category, which a lot of these uh, entertainers uh, can certainly uh, demonstrate just from their public presence that they are able to self-sustain." I think they have uh, an easy time of meeting the self-employed category. Um, and, you know, that's one option for artists in particular, for musicians. I've done musicians myself. I do them under the FSW category. And um, just looking at their profile online uh, may be enough uh, in terms of proving their uh, their experience. So I think uh, artists in particular, uh, they do meet the criteria in that they're in skilled occupations. And uh, we have a couple of avenues, whether they're self-employed or uh, under the FSW category. So yeah, there's lots of opportunities. And I know one particular member of uh, the Canadian Bar Association Executive uh, Committee who would basically facilitate uh, the uh, work permit and permanent residence application for Bruce Springsteen if he's so interested. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, yes, it is definitely going to be very interesting to see how this all unfolds. But uh, yeah, thanks Betsy for that lead in. Uh, For those of you who wish to come to Canada and immigrate as a permanent resident, um, the self-employed category is absolutely for you. So Give either Betsy or myself a call and we can walk you through that process. All right. So that's step one for for permanent residence. Now, step two, uh, in January of 2015, the Canadian government created this lovely express entry regime, all designed to fast track permanent residence for people who are looking to come as skilled workers who can bring uh, high human capital. You know, you're in the right age bracket. You've got good education. You can speak English. And so... Really, all of you uh, American professionals and and, uh, skilled workers down there um, are going to rank pretty high. Now, at this stage, uh, this labor market impact assessment has has driven the ship quite a bit with the process. Those who have those supporting a work permit are 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 basically guaranteed to be to qualify through this express entry regime. But many of you, um, you know, whether you're academics or professionals or otherwise, are going to rank pretty high. And if you're in that right age gra- age uh, age bracket, you're going to have a ton of options. Um, to, to come to Canada to immigrate. Now, the advantage to this program is that you can get express entry in, uh, well, theoretically, as little as six months. Now, in reality, it's probably closer to about 10 or a little bit longer. But still, that's plenty of time to come and immigrate to Canada. And what they look at, um, like I said, is they, they have, uh, instead of having people come in and submit their application and wait in this long queue, uh, what they do is they rank all of the candidates against one another. 
And so if you rank high enough and your point threshold based on your human capital factors and, and other, other points under this comprehensive ranking system, if you rank high enough, then you're given an invitation to apply for permanent residence and bam, you're in. So although this is not necessarily the best thing in the world um, for people that are, you know, are, are lower skill individuals who maybe don't have a high degree of post-secondary education or, or language abilities, uh, for those of you that do, and uh, I suspect based on the poll results for who is supporting Hillary, it may be many of you. <laughs> um, Canada has open arms for you. So we can show you how to do that. Um, all right. Now, the next one that I, that, you know, both Betsy and I, I think we both want to talk a little bit about this. You must not neglect uh, eHarmony. So you may just find a lovely Canadian girl or guy that uh, you think, hey, um, I think there's something here. Uh, let's get hitched and let's move back to Canada. Well, that is absolutely an option for you. And if you're looking at getting out of the U.S. as fast as possible, if you come up with them um, and you're married, also we accept common law if you've been living together for at least a year, um, then you can come right back to Canada. And uh, although you may have to twiddle your thumbs for a few months, uh, typically, you can get an open work permit if you fall from within Canada within about four to five months. And uh, that's pretty good because uh, even though the processing times might be a little bit longer, you know, in excess of two years, you can get working right away on an open work permit and do whatever you want and, and, uh, and you're good to go. So Canadian spouse or uh, uh, Canadian citizen or permanent resident of Canada is eligible to sponsor you if, you, uh, if you're married or in a common law relationship for one month. And uh, one year. Oh, sorry, one year. Thanks, yeah. Betsy. Uh, in a common law relationship for for one year, then that is something you know under the the uh, the family sponsorship options that you definitely need to consider. Okay, Betsy, anything else to add to that? Well, on the permanent residence, uh, no. I did. The only thing I would uh, I would add is that if you are scouting these uh, dating websites, you may want to just uh, check out the Canadian side of the border. You may find uh, some wholesome. People up here that uh, you know they're the they're the one. So that's about it. It's not my real area of expertise, but for some reason this week I've got about five inquiries. But that's another thing. The other thing I wanted to talk about was you know a lot of Americans have connections to Canada. There are a lot of border communities where people flip back and forth for shopping and for social events, and lots of people say they've come up here to go to cottage country, to holiday, to study. Grandpa was a Canadian. Grandma was a Canadian. They used to spend lots of summers here. Um, and so for those Americans who have a Canadian connection, or I think it's worth exploring. Because you never know. The laws of citizenship are very, very um, arcane. And they change. they have changed significantly over the years. But if you have a Canadian connection, this is a time to worth exploring. It's worth exploring to see if you would qualify for, for citizenship, either yourself or your children. Uh, there are various rules uh, as of 2009 uh, that we no longer allow uh, citizenship in the second generation by descent. But depending on when you were born or the children were born, it's something worth exploring. A lot of people have ignored this point. Uh, you know, they said, well, we're happy Americans and we don't really have any plans. And even though grandpa was a Canadian, 
you know, that was another era in our family. But, you know, if that is something in your family lineage, I think it's worth exploring for you, not only for yourself, but for your children and for the opportunity to escape if you so feel that that's what you need to do in the short term. Citizenship certificates and applications are generally uh, dealt with in about a year. The, uh, the applications are a bit backlogged, but if you are a citizen and you can prove it even to the port of entry, you do have a right of entry. So that is something to think about. You definitely need a legal opinion before pulling that one. But uh, I would, I would, uh, I would certainly explore that. You know, I have a cousin who was a dual citizen, and many, many years ago, he took a job in the United States where there was high security required. It was a government position, and he renounced his Canadian citizenship. And I told him, you know, one day you're going to be sorry. And that I think was this morning, you know, and you know, he is happy, I think in the States, but he does have a Hispanic wife. And uh, perhaps if he had not renounced his citizenship, he may have more options for himself and his family today. Excellent. Well, that's awesome. Well, you know, with all of our discussion over these American, you know, American citizens and exploring their options for moving to Canada temporarily or permanently, you know, we, we, would, we would be remiss if we didn't extend an invitation to Hillary herself. You know, maybe maybe she's looking for a change of scenery, too. So, so, so uh, you know, so, uh, Ms. Clinton, if, uh, if you are interested in, in coming, you can also contact Betsy or I, and we, we'd be more than happy to help. Well, based just on her speaking fees, I know she'd meet the requirements for self-employed. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Well, I'm sure she'd have a lot of opportunity to discuss uh, the, you know, the, the good and bad of the campaign and what went positive and what didn't go so positive and maybe help all of us to understand how this happened. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, this has been an absolute delight, Betsy. Lots of fun. And although we approached it in more of a tongue-in-cheek kind of a, a, a process, please understand that all of these options are legitimate. And uh, although we've done this uh, a little bit uh, as... as uh, a little uh, funner episode, I guess. The reality is that if you do have any questions about these these options, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Now, Betsy, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you out? And Betsy's out in Ottawa on the eastern side of, of Canada, and I'm I'm in in Alberta on the west. So, what's the best way to well, reach you, Betsy? Well, they could just uh, look up capelcane.coms, and uh, there we have our emails and our phone number, and reach out to us. And if we can help, we'd be pleased to do so. Awesome. And I think everybody pretty much knows where to find me. Um, uh, you can go to the uh, Canadian Immigration Podcast website, track me down that way, or through my law firm, um, Holthy Tillman LLP. All right. Thanks so much, Betsy. It was a delight. And uh, good luck to everyone in this new world we are now embarking on. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Canadian Immigration Podcast, your trusted source for information on Canadian law, policy, and practice. If you would like to contribute a question for future podcasts or wish to set up a legal consultation with Mark, please visit www.ht-llp.com.
from the Canadian Immigration Podcast. I am your guy for info that's up to date. Help with your phone.